Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. As we turn to Romans 8, we have been looking at the suffering of the Christian in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Over the last week or two, we have seen that the Holy Spirit ministers to us by giving us new life in Christ, enabling a holy life, affirming our adoption as the children of God, and ensuring us of our glorious inheritance. And in the meantime, we suffer in many ways. And I want to kind of keep us organized as we go through this passage. This is going to be really easy and simple. Uh, uh, Professor Douglas Moo, he suggested that the way we look at this passage is that we are sustained as we grow, and I get this, through prayer, providence, and predestination. We're sustained as we grow by prayer, providence, and predestination. And that's what we're going to look at. It, it's just, I need this. I need this. So let's go and start with prayer where we see God the Holy Spirit prays on our behalf. Look at Romans 8, 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. You ever have those opportunities when you come to the Lord in prayer and you're not quite sure how to pray? You just don't know what you're supposed to pray about. You're before the Lord, you have a lot of stuff going on inside of you, but you're not quite sure how to pray. Especially when things are hard, you're like, okay, I got a family member or my spouse, should, I, should, I, should they go into hospice or not? Or you have a pain over a wayward child, should you be praying for God to, to bring, inflict pain on them or bless them, whatever's gonna draw them back. Or maybe you're trying to go to the Lord and pray, is it time to transition out of the village or to stay here a little bit longer? You just don't know what to pray and, and pain compounds that and you feel confused and you feel weak. You're like, Lord, I do not know what your will is. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to pray. And right in the middle of that, God says, verse 26, the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groaning too deep for words. By the way, this is not speaking in tongues. I know some may have translated that. There, this context doesn't say anything about speaking in tongues. And when you see the New Testament, not everyone has the Holy Spirit gifts of speaking in tongues, but everyone, every single believer has the Holy Spirit interceding on their behalf, where you have the third person of the Trinity interceding for you to the first person of the Trinity. You got that? The Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, is interceding, is praying to the Father, the first person of the Trinity, for you and what you're going through and what you don't know how to pray. You're going to think, well, what does that really look like? Well, it's hard to tell. Are, are, are we saying that, okay, we come to the Lord and we just groan like, ah, I don't know what to pray, or we're groaning 
internally, and then the Holy Spirit turns that into appropriate prayers to the Father, or is the Holy Spirit interceding for us in silence? And that that may be so, because it says groanings too deep for words. Either way, how you understand it, you need to know that the Holy Spirit is praying for us when we don't know how to pray. And verse 27 continues the thought. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I love it that it says the Holy Spirit searches our hearts. He, he knows that you want to do the will of God, and he also sees your confusion and pain, and, and he knows that you are weak. And it says right here, God not only knows your weak heart, but the Father knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And this should be a significant amount of encouragement for you. Because when you come to the Lord in prayer, you're not quite sure what to pray. This groaning and confusion before God. We know that the Holy Spirit fills the gap. The Holy Spirit intercedes for you exactly in line with the will of God. And the good news is God answers the prayers of God. For you, did you not think that the Holy Spirit doesn't know how to pray for you <laughs> when you don't know what you're supposed to pray? Yes, he does. You ever thought about, okay, we, you know, I know about Jesus at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, but you're trying to tell me the Holy Spirit is praying when I'm not, yes. And God answers the prayers of God always, always. So we're groaning, we're in pain suffering. We have prayer. God, the Holy Spirit, praying on our behalf. And then the second one, oh, it's just really good, providence. It's God working all things for our good. So look at Romans 8, 28. This is the verse. Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This, this is an absolute promise to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. It's a promise for believers called to Jesus. It, it's an encouragement of God's providence. Now, if you don't know what providence means, it basically means that God is the ultimate ruler and controller of everything big and small, And in the case for believers, his providential promise to you is that all things work together for good. Now, the all things includes all things good, and the all things includes all things bad. Nothing is left out of all things. And since the context is in suffering and pain, we need to understand that it's evil And even bad things can happen to you. And we are told that God is in control working for your good. You're thinking, well, how does that work? If someone's doing something bad to me, how is that all worked together? Well, I think there's a good um, image that you may have from the Old Testament. Do you remember Joseph? You remember his brothers sold him into slavery, goes away into Egypt. And because of all of that, the 
The family eventually comes there. A famine hits, and many people are saved through all of that. And this is what Joseph said to his brothers at the end. This is what he said. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So God took the evil intent of Joseph's brothers, worked it all together in ways that we cannot see, and he used it for the saving of many people during that time and the famine. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I don't always see the way God is working. I, I've told you before, my first church was in Santa Monica, California, and the, the name of the church was the Christian and Missionary Alliance Church of Santa Monica, California. It was a very long name, and I, I thought, boy, it'd be great to change that name. And so we changed the name of the church to Providence. Providence. And, you know, in God's providence, he shut down that church. After 106 years, God brought it to an end. And I didn't understand it. I didn't know what was going on at the time. I thought I gave it my all, but I was the very last pastor. And in, in context like that, when you go through circumstances, you've got to remind yourself, okay, God causes some things. God allows other things. God controls all things. He is working for his good and my good and for his glory. And I need to know that. And I need to know that when I'm in the middle of it all, right in the middle of it all. Today marks the kind of the three-year anniversary where uh, the elders of this church, we had a church service. Right after the service, we went into the parlor and we said, what are we supposed to do? There's this thing we know nothing about called covid and it looks like we're going to have to shut our church down. And we, we announced it to the church, and then you guys went through, obviously, a very unprecedented time. And we have to believe this as believers. Through all of that trauma and drama, God was working for your good. We have to actually believe that. That no matter how hard things work, God is, is working for are good. And so if you think about, okay, so God shut down your church. God brought COVID. God's done a lot. Uh, and you're telling me that what I've gone through as a believer is for my good. And so you may get go, excuse me, I got a question. What do you mean by good? That's fair, right? What do you mean by good? Does it mean like if my husband divorces me, I'm going to get a better husband? Or if I lose my job, then I get a better job. I mean, what do you mean by good? All right, here's an accurate picture of good. Once again, I want you to look at uh, verse 29. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformant to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. Now, it's right in the middle that I want you to see that be conformed to the image of his son. That means to be made more like Jesus. And when you are with Jesus in glory, your, your body's going to be fixed and you're going to be like him in his glorious resurrection body. You're going to be free from the presence of sin. 
you're going to have this double transformation. Your body's going to be glorified and your character's going to be perfect, no more sinning. Yet until then, until then, there is this process where God is making you more like Jesus. And as he's making you more like Jesus, he'll use all types of means for that end, including pain and suffering. I know many of you know Johnny Erickson Tata. Obviously, she had a diving accident. She'd been paralyzed for the rest of her life. And she says this, okay, get this. God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. So God will allow or cause or whatever language you want to use, hard things to come our way so that we would be conformed to the image of Christ, that we would cling to Christ over all things. It's something that he's working in us. R.C. Sproul puts it like this. He says, imagine Jesus coming up here on Sunday morning. All right, he's up here, he's going to preach. And he, and he looks at you, all right? And he says this. I promise for the rest of your life, nothing bad will ever happen to you. Ever. Now, he says this in a sideways way because you're thinking, okay, yeah, He's not diminishing our pain. He's not diminishing our struggles. But we have to believe that what God's word says is true. That bad things ultimately are not happening to us to ruin us or to cause us harm, but is working for our good. And I know you have questions. I know you say, yeah, but this happened to me. How can you possibly say that? There's no way that God's going to work something good and you can't see it. I can't see it. Things happen to me. I don't know why it's happening. How is this good? I can't figure it out. I've got to trust you. You know what you're doing. And I know in the midst of all that confusion, we go, how is this possibly good? Because we only see a part of it. My, my wife and my daughter in our living room, uh, they have a puzzle table where they will walk by every now and then, sit down and start to put together a puzzle. Yesterday, I stole a piece of their puzzle. <laughs> Can you tell what they're putting together? You can't, right? You're like, I'm not sure what that is. Well, it's, um, uh, it's a picture of gnomes, in case you're wondering, uh, about two or three of them. And that's what this ultimately goes to, is a, is a completed picture. This is all you see, right? You're like, I cannot see the bigger pictures. I don't know how God's working for my good through this. And God's like, I see the complete picture. And I know what I'm doing. I'm working for your good. And when this is all you see, you've got to trust him. You've got to believe. Lord, I don't see it, but I believe your word. You're working for my good, and I'm going to stay right there. Hard times. Holy Spirit is praying. We believe God's working for our good. And the last thing I want to share with you is so amazing, and it has to do 
with predestination. Now, we're going to get a lot more into this as we go into chapter 9. So for those of you who don't believe in predestination, you got to figure out why that word's in the Bible. All right? So I'll let you deal with that on your own. But we're going to get going on that today. And I'm hoping by the end, you'll actually be encouraged by predestination. We're not getting into arguments. We're not getting into debate. This is supposed to encourage you, believe it or not. Look at verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to conform to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Now these two verses contain what has been called the golden chain of redemption. The golden chain of redemption, which is these interlocking, unbreakable truths that describes God's work to save you from the beginning of the world in eternity past until eternity future. And and these five truths of the golden chain of redemption from foreknew to predestined to called to justified and glorified, this is supposed to encourage you that no amount of suffering that you go through is going to break God's work in your life. He will take you for sure, absolutely, to glory one day, no matter what you're facing. And it has already been decided and determined before the world was even created. You can know that God is indeed working all things for your good. It's been his plan all along. So let's look at each of these words, and these are going to be some encouraging words. So let's start with the first one, for new. For those whom he foreknew. Typically, when we think of the word foreknew, we think, okay, God, before the world began, looked into the future. He knew something before time. And he looked and he said, oh, that person's going to believe when they hear the gospel. Okay, I'll predestine them. They're predestined. Looks in the future. Oh, that guy's going to, oh, I will predestine them. The problem is, the Bible doesn't teach that. That's nowhere in the Bible. And it's also a misuse of the word foreknew. Foreknew doesn't just mean, oh, I know something's going to happen. That, that, if you look in the Old Testament, I'm going to give you a couple of contexts of the way this word foreknew is used. The word foreknew actually means to choose and love beforehand. To choose and love beforehand. Think about the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1.5, this is what God said. Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now this no is not just a a no beforehand, but is connected to the word. You see they're consecrated and appointed. So God knew Jeremiah in the sense that he chose him as a prophet before he was born. One more, let me give you another verse. Uh, This comes from Amos. Amos chapter three, verse two. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. This is God talking about Israel. Does does God not know other nations? Of course he does. The no here refers to Israel being chosen in love. So if you're a believer, God foreknew you. 
in a sense, he, he chose you before the foundation of the world in love to be saved. He set his affection on you. And I know this has raised a lot of questions. You want to talk about this. We'll get into it in chapter 9. But just look at it as a ministry to yourself right now. God chose you in love before the foundation of the world. He, he chose you. He, he picked you. And this is the start of the golden chain that will not be broken all the way to glory. And no amount of suffering in your life is going to break that. So let's move from foreknew to the word predestined. In verse 29, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. So the, the idea behind predestined is God's plan to determine your destiny before the creation of the world. In this case, it's the destiny of salvation. Not only is it a predestination for salvation, but you're also predestined, as you can see it there, to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So Jesus, of course, is the firstborn and preeminent son, and that applies that there are other children who are not only saved, but conform to the image of Jesus Christ. And you may think, well, this is an isolated text about you know, God predestining those he loves, but it's, it's all over the place, okay? Let me share with you Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. This is good. He chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So it's a predestination unto salvation and conformity to Christ. So before history, before you're even born, God chose you in love. He predestined you to be adopted as his child and to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So far, so good. All right, let's go on to the word called. Verse 29. And those whom he called... Uh, verse 30, and those whom he predestined, he also called. Like, what does called mean? Does it mean this general proclamation of the gospel call that goes out uh, around the world? No, the call mentioned here is this, uh, theologians like to call it an effectual calling. In, in a sense that those who are predestined for new, predestined, are going to respond in faith to the proclamation of the gospel. Why will they respond in faith? Because the golden chain will not be broken. It's all connected for new, predestined, called, there's this response of faith. And those who respond in faith, go to the next one, justified. And those whom he called, he also justified. And justification is the action where we are declared righteous, right? We are forgiven of our sins and, and declared righteous. It's like one of my kids texted me this week, said, said, Dad, did you know that Jesus' life is also important and not just his death. I'm like, yes, exactly. Because we are forgiven through his sacrificial death on the cross, but we are imputed righteousness, his perfect life that he lived in obedience to the law. So justification says we are forgiven and declared righteous. That's good. So you got the foreknew, you got predestined, you got called, you got justified, and then you got glorified. Now, I want you to notice that those whom he justified, he also glorified. Uh, did you see that this is um, it's put in the past tense? In God's eyes, your glorification is a done deal. It's not as if your pain and your suffering is going to 
cut off the last chain. Because everyone who's been foreknew and everyone who's been predestined and called and justified will for sure be glorified in heaven one day with perfect resurrection body, right? And you'll be glorified also. You'll be free from sin. It's coming. Nothing can stop God's plan to completely save you. Do not miss the encouragement here that all things are working for your good because they all play a part in God's salvation plan and every single person who has been foreknown since the foundation of the world in Christ will be glorified. And no amount of stuff that you're going through right now is going to mess that up. The chain will not be cut, will not be broken. No amount of trial or pain, you can be for sure that the work God has started in you, he will finish it until the day of Christ Jesus, for sure. It's going to happen. So be encouraged in your pain, your suffering, because you grow. You're growing in prayer, providence, and predestination. And I know some of you want to say right now, I hear what you're saying, but I don't understand why I'm going through this. I say, God, why am I dealing with this? Why am I going through this? I don't get it. And, and I just want to say this to you. This, I found this very helpful comment um, uh, from John Piper. He said, God is doing a thousand things in your life, and you are aware of two of them. He's doing so much in your life. There's so much going on, and that's why we got to come back to, to prayer and to providence and predestination and, and rest and, and trust in him. And I, I know you guys have stories. No one wants to have a testimony story of what God did for them in trial when they're in the trial, right? My friend from my last church, his name was Matt. In his 30s, this, this guy is brilliant, very successful. He was a programmer. He was married, had, had two wonderful uh, daughters. And for some reason, he ended up in the hospital. He was in the hospital for a super long time. He was in the hospital in his 30s for 21 days and actually ended up in the ICU. And I would go to visit him in the hospital kind of in the middle of all this, I'm like, man, what is going on? He says, I have no idea what's going on. And then after 21 days, he's released, and the conclusion was they have no idea what happened. Thank you. But he gives a testimony after that. He's like, God used that to wake me up, to conform me to Christ, to give me more and more a desire of those things of Above rather than things of this earth. It's refining me. And so that makes me think what Erickson Tata said. God allows what he hates to accomplish what he loves. And if right now you're struggling and you just have this little piece of the big picture, you need to know God is working for your good. He is he sees the bigger picture. I know this is all you see. You need to know that the Holy Spirit is interceding for you. God will answer the prayers of God. He's working for your good. And the work he started from the foundation of the world, I guarantee you, he will finish it. 
when you're with Him in glory. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way 